Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Pork Chop Sports, a sports podcast where we cover a variety of sports news and topics. I'm your host, Mooch. This is Mick. What's good, everyone? And this is Kiko. Howdy. So now the first topic we're going to be segueing into is going to be an NHL topic, and that specifically is, what should the Sabres do at the trade deadline? Buy or sell? Mick, your take? Well, I think the position they're in right now, they could buy and sell. I see some depth forwards as Evan Rodriguez, Michael Frolik, Jimmy Vesey. They could all be sold. I mean, they're all going to be free agents at the end of the season. There's no point in keeping them. Might as well get some value out of them. I see mid-round picks coming back, and we can use those in packages to then buy those players that we want. Uh, I agree. I think they should both buy and sell. For the selling aspect of it, I think they should try and sell off all the UFAs they possibly can, uh, as he said. Um, The only one of the UFAs that I think we should keep is uh, Johan Larson. Uh, he's producing on 5-on-5 five on, five on better aspects than Gabe Landerskog, um, Alex Tuck. So I think, you know, he's a good PK guy, good fourth-line center. I think he should be the only one cap. I think Gergensen should trade. What do you think? Well, I, I would say the same with you. And to put some of these players into packages for top six forward, because that's what we obviously need. Uh, we can't just be driven by Jack Eichel anymore. So uh, I could see maybe Vegas giving us an Alex talk, he'd be a good top six forward, signed for six more years at 4.75, I believe. So that's pretty cap-friendly contract, and he's only 23, 24 years old, so he's still got room to grow as a player. And I also like the Rangers, Pavel Buchnevich, another top six guy that can come in. He's young. He's been on their top line all season. He's done a great job. So, like, obviously, though, like, Buchnevich is an RFA after this year, I believe. Is he an RFA? Buchnevich. Let's take a gander. Well, you're talking about that. Talk, obviously, he's had a little bit more of a down year, a little bit injured. Um, but at this stage of the game, though, like, if you're going to get top six forward, they're going to have a little bit of risk. Like, I like Kasha from the Ducks. Um, good defensive winger could play in the top line of Leichel to move uh, Sam down. So you could give a really good look at what Sam is without Jack to get that contract where it should be. Um, I like Trocek. Um, both of them have injury problems. Like, Trocek last year uh, broke his leg or ankle per se, and um, he kind of got rushed back from that. And he's not having as good a year as he's been having in the past because they think he rushed back. But still, he's at two years for $4.75 million. That's a really good option. Fits with the cap. So, obviously they have $7 million in cap right now because of the bugger uh, possible terminate. Well, suspension, but they could terminate his contract. So, they have a little bit of cap to work with if they want to do a package. Uh... Now, in terms of buying, what will we have to give up to get these players, these second-line centers we need, and these top six forwards? What, what would you be willing to give up, and what do you think is the right call that Jason Botterill should make to get these players we need? So I think it matters who you're buying. Um, I think Donato, Ander- uh, the Wild, uh, Anderson, the Blue Jackets, obviously Bucinevich of uh, the Rangers. I don't think you need to trade off Ristolainen or Montour for those. I think you could, you know, Asplid. Uh, the other UFAs like Shiri and mid-round picks. I think you can do that. But if you want the big guys like Tuck, uh, Trocek, Kasha, you're going to have to part with one of them. Montour is a little bit more flexible because he's an RFA, and you could probably negotiate his price. Risto has another two years of 5.4, so he has term. So I think both of them are good options. Uh, back to Bushnevich. He is signed through next season, so that's a plus. We'll have him next year. Uh, other people I think we could bring in. Uh, we already talked about Tuck and Bushnevich. All top six forwards that would contribute more than likely right away. I mean, like we said, Jack Eichel is by himself. He's doing everything for his team. team. He's the only person that's driving a line right now. And we need other players that can help 
us get more scoring around the lineup. Okay, those are all good points. Let's talk about the NHL trade deadline in general. Kiko, I believe you have some breaking news. Uh, yes, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights got the defenseman that they uh, wanted in Alec Martinez from the Kings for a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick. Now, does this mean that we can still be trade partners with Vegas, or do you think that means they're done? Um, I believe it, it, we can still be trade partners, but it won't be at the deadline anymore. They got the defenseman they wanted at the deadline. Um, but, you know, draft day in the offseason, they could still look to move Tuck for Ristolain or Montour. Okay. Yeah, because Martinez isn't as young as Ristolainen or Montour. I mean, he's 32 he's very, years old. He's very old, yeah. And he's got, I think, one year left on his deal. Ristolainen has got an extra year after that. So maybe they see him more valuable than Alec Martinez. Yeah, I mean, the Kings got a good price, two second-round picks. But I think it's a good move by Vegas. Like, Alec Martinez is not a UFA. You know, as Mike said, another year left on his deal. So as we're talking about the trade deadline, let's talk about, you know, some trades that have already kind of happened. Uh, February 10th. Jason Zucker moved from the Wild to the Penguins. And that's the big one. That's probably the biggest yeah, one so awesome. far, yeah. For Galchenyuk, uh, Kellen Addison, and a 2020 first-round pick, additionally. Now, now, see, when I look at that, I see that Galchenyuk was probably never going to stay with the Penguins. If you no. looked at him, his play was not very well, and Zucker needed a way out of Minnesota. But Kalen Addison, I think that's a tough thing to give up, especially Kalen Addison with another first-rounder, because Addison's a decent defensive prospect. And the first-rounder, well, it might be extremely high. It's still a first-rounder, nonetheless. And this draft class is insanely deep. So even though at the end of the day they got the guy they wanted, I still think the Pens gave up a little too much for him. Well, Minnesota needs to rebuild. I mean, you still have Parisi and Suter on massive contracts. Those contracts are, yeah, they're haunting you forever. I mean, they're the reason why you can't sign guys more than eight years. Yeah, exactly. So they got to think about the future. Bring in Addison, good young prospect. He should be able to be in the NHL next few seasons. First-round pick. It'll more than likely be late round, but still, that could be valuable. And mm-hmm. then Galchenyuk is a player for now. He's going to be a top six forward on their team, and he should be able to bring, you know, some type of mentality that they can improve on. Yeah, but he's terrible defensively. I mean, he's really struggled with Pittsburgh. Obviously, people thought he was going to get his career resurrected when he got traded with the Phil Kessel deal with Crosby. That just didn't happen. But Zucker, if you like, I mean, he's not he's not a rental, though. He's on for another three years after this uh, for 5.5. You know, that's a good deal for Pittsburgh, in my opinion. Addison could develop in that top four team and currently plays with Dylan Cousins in the WHL. Fun yeah, fact. good, good. Galchenko's uh, <laughs> um, kind of just a dump. They need cap, you know, help to make the trade. And, you know, first-round pick is significant, but uh, as Mike said, late 20s. You don't know how valuable it's going to be. It'll take a few years for him. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. No, it's not Lafreniere or anything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, okay, next date. Um, you know, next interesting trade, uh, the Devils trade their captain, Andy Green, mm, yeah. uh, to the Islanders for David Quinville in a 2021 second. Yeah, no, you know what's actually weird about this? I actually always thought Kyle Palmieri was the captain of the Devils because Not he's, he's the hometown kid, years. right? No, and I mean, like, that just tells you something about a franchise when you trade away your captain like that. And I don't think, how long was he captain for? Maybe, five years, five seasons. Yeah, no, that just tells you that you, you guys, are, they have some problems down there, you know? Of course... Getting to pick the first overall pick in two draft years, that tells you something. That tells you how bad the team's been performing. I think it's going to be an adjustment for Andy Green. The Devils have been the only team he's ever played for, so he's going from a team at the bottom of the league in New Jersey to a team in the Islanders where they have one of the best coaches in the league, Barry Trotz, Oh yeah, no. and they're going to make the playoffs more than likely. So they can fight 
throughout the playoffs and maybe get a cup. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be there, but I mean, there is a chance that it's, they it's can a better somehow, future for. Him. I mean, look what happened with Columbus last year. They mm-hmm. shocked everyone, upsetting Tampa in four games. Yeah, Who's to say Islanders I, can't I, do that with the Green? Yeah, that's kind of a shock. I mean, but the the Jackets also like loaded up. With they were very, they, they were very stacked. They didn't trade Panera and they didn't trade Bob. I mean, they kind of got what they were coming. But um, you know, the Devils, to say the least, their uh, season's been disappointing. They thought they made enough moves. Subban. Uh, Hughes, Hughes Hughes was supposed to carry them. Um, I thought that was going to get enough to get Taylor Hall to stay there after you moved Taylor Hall earlier to Arizona. Yeah, no, that was a little that, bit of a shock. Taylor Hall might also get moved back, you never know, So, to some other team. But, you know, Andy Green, 37 years old, UFA, I mean, to get a, maybe a prospect that might not play in the NHL, but maybe be a 7th D and a second round pick, I mean, that's a that's a decent price. mix. And, that's a price. And therefore, this draft or 21? 21. Well, obviously, like, the Islanders lost... Um, one of their defensemen, I am blanking on the name, uh, but he tore his Achilles, so they needed someone. They to do need some blue line help. They yeah. needed blue line help. So speaking of the Devils, they were able to make another trade, and that was Blake Coleman heading to Tampa. See, oh, yeah. they got a first round pick, the infamous first round pick, and Nolan Foot. I think they got a pretty good uh, return for Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a twenty goal scorer. He has an extra year on his contract. He's gonna slot in Tampa well. Depth scoring for that team because I mean they have so many. Good oh, players yeah. that can make plays, he's going to slot in and be successful. But that first round pick is going to be in the late, late. Have you read the end. first round pick? Like with the conditions behind it. I think it could be. Well, you know it's Vancouver. Year, right? It's Vancouver's. Yeah, you know that. and depending on if they make the playoffs, it's either this year. Or well, next currently Vancouver is in a playoff spot, but the Pacific is so dangerously close that if Vancouver takes a dip, that yeah. could end up being a twenty-one first round pick. Yeah, unprotected. which unprotected, of course. Yeah. But I still think it just that's crazy because that came from the JT Miller trade and that happened yep. draft near draft day last year. On draft day. Yep. On draft day, yeah. Yep. No, that's that's a it's a wild first round pick. It's been traveling, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's a pretty pretty big price for Blake Coleman. I mean a former first round pick in foot, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty first, well protected. Um, but at the end of the day, Tampa, you know, gets gets a twenty goal scorer. They get better today. Um, good defensive forward. Another year at one point eight, and obviously we know I Tampa's know. in. Tampa's on a tear. They're, a tear. they're doing yep. very good. They're, they're doing, on eleven games, aren't they today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're doing well, but they don't need a first rounder. At the same fine. time, um, you know, their cap coming up. They need to sign oh, Sergachev, yeah. I believe Cernak, Sorelli. I mean, Sorelli's also an interesting candidate for the Sabers to possibly maybe pick up mm, definitely offer sheet, uh, which probably won't happen because off sheets are rare, but. I mean, they, only, they don't have enough cap for all these guys. So, I mean, you're looking at they maybe had to move out a guy like Tyler Johnson or Yanni Gork. Yeah, some of their big name guys, yeah, um, no. One of their guys that are making around 5 mil. To, and Blake Coleman at 1.8, you know, really could replace that production that they trade off yeah. at a cheaper price. Yeah, it's a cap-effective deal for Tampa, for sure. What's the next trade? So next, we got uh, the Kings and Canucks. The Kings sent Vancouver a Tyler oh, Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli. In return, they got Tim Schaller, former Sabre. Mm-hmm. Got prospect Tyler Madden, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional draft pick. Tyler Toffoli, the king of the outdoor game. He should be able to slide in well since they lost oh, 100%. Besser. So Eight possibly weeks. For the whole year. Eight yeah, weeks. Awesome. No, they, they said three weeks, and the, the report just came out. It's now eight weeks, so he's, he's done. So he should slide in for Besser, and exactly. hopefully they don't just get a beat or anything. No, and like we've said before, like their first-round pick is a huge, like, we don't know what's going to happen this year, so they need to stay in this playoff race. Yeah, and with the return, Tim Schaller... Maybe bottom bottom forward, mainly minor league player in yeah, my opinion. He's he's not doing much with them. Tyler Madden is kind of small, um, but he's future. He's future for the Kings. Though. He's future. 
Uh, but I mean, I think he's got to get a little bigger. I think yeah. he's only like 150 pounds. Five nine, five ten. That's yeah, a that's, tiny guy. that's small. Yeah, and then no. the draft picks again. Those are that, that's uh, that's what I'm be, saying. They're looking forward. They do not care about the season. They yeah. play, they're playing for pride at this they point. They can either be package spot. deals or they can take those picks and hope to develop some people. Yeah, I mean, if the Canucks, um, you know, make the playoffs, they're not going to have a first round pick or a second round pick. Exactly. Year. No, they so they sacrificed a little bit of this draft. Uh, people don't think they're done either because you know. Obviously, Besser's out, so you want to you want to slot in more people, yeah. Is that really an? Ad? That's probably not an ad, really. No offense to Tyler Toffoli, Besser's probably a little Besser better than him. Besser is definitely better than uh, Toffoli. So they probably want to add another piece, another forward mm-hmm. to that group. So it's but what what do they have to trade with? That's the that's what it comes down to. Since they've already traded their first and they've already traded their second, so where does it? I mean, they have some guys. Do they have some pieces they could work with. I mean, probably. I'm, I'm not. Very familiar with their prospect list, but apparently the uh, the interest is their uh, Thatcher Demko, or yeah, Markstrom. I mean, uh, they have Markstrom. You know they they have, and she'll go goalies. So you know teams teams can never get them. enough of those sometimes. Yeah. So a little bit of a minor trade is uh, Julian Gather for Joey Keane. Gauthier. Gauthier. Yeah. No. This is the trade that I looked at, and I just kind of said. I, I personally They're, like this trade from the aspect of the Rangers. They had an abundance of defensemen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they got to do this. D'Angelo on that side, who they think long-term. So bringing in a forward that they need, Gauthier can develop. I mean, he's a big-body guy, 6'4", 227 pounds, right shot. He could be a piece for the Rangers in the future. He's only 22 yeah. years old. It's, it's a small market trade, but it's, it's good for them. It's good yeah, for both it's teams. It's future. Exactly. See, can they sign Tony uh, D'Angelo? That's, that's, they have cap problems. And, you know, to me, he's having a really good offense here. He's an offense defenseman, really gets killed in his own zone. To me, he's like this year's Eric uh, Gustafson of the Blackhawks. Yeah. 60 points last year for the Blackhawks. This year, not having that good of an offense a year. Yeah. He's a UFA. He might be moved now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's coming off his ECL. Um, so, we're going to have to sign him to an extension. Yeah. I don't know how much they're going to pay for that. So, now we got Winnipeg. They got Dylan DeMello oh, from Ottawa, Ottawa yeah. for a third-round pick. I mean, this is just a depth this for is just, Winnipeg yeah, for sure. No, 100%. It's a great move for Winnipeg, in my opinion. Third-round pick's not that much. DeMello's a UFA, so Ottawa gets assets back for a guy that they probably was going to walk. Is the, dra- is the pick for this draft, yes. correct? Yeah, yeah no, Ottawa is going to be a powerhouse in this next draft. They got two first-rounders, and they're looking to be, like, definitely top ten. Yeah. If not, they get some draft luck. They could essentially have two top three picks. Probably, they the they really get the lottery lock. Well, they probably also add another first round pick because I think if they uh, let Pagoglio. Oh yeah, no. But who would they trade with though? Who's the main partners on that? Rumor? I mean, anyone. I mean, dude's making three point one million. But he wants to go to a team that's going to win. They're not going to send him to some. Yeah, I, but what I'm saying is that they're going to add another first round pick. I yeah, I understand that. But like the fact that they that that shark trade for Eric Carlson looks better by a day for them. He's not even playing for the rest of the season anymore. And essentially, they're just getting their free first round pick, which is definitely going to be a top ten in my opinion. But you know. Yeah. Any more trades? Well, another San Jose trade, as you mentioned. Um, they trade Brandon Dillon to the Caps for mm-hmm. a second and a conditional third. Yeah, the Second uh, this year, uh, 2020, and the conditional third is 2021. I think the Sharks are looking at their team is old. Yeah, you so really look at it. Carlson's, Carlson's old. Joe Thornton's the classic old man of the NHL, you know? And he there's there's rumors that he won't even sign with like the Sharks next season. I could see them... Trading him to a contender. They they want the Colorado and Boston have been asking about him. And they've been in this league for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he deserves to make a push. I mean, oh, yeah. San Jose's window's closing. Same thing with Marlowe. Oh, I think it's closed. Oh, it's closed. So I mean, they're, they're rebu- they got to rebuild now. He needs to go to a team where he has a chance of winning the cup. No, I would like to see him do that, and I think that's fair for the Sharks. I think they're not going to get let out of him anymore, and they'd rather take a couple picks and maybe a prospect out of that trade. Same thing with Marlowe. I I think the. 
the advantage of having him on your team is not very effective anymore. And I, I think I'd rather just take the picks at this point. And they might trade uh, LeBlanc, too, because um, obviously he took the one-year, one-year deal. One-year, $1 million deal, yeah. excuse me. He's an RFA after this year, and he's going to obviously want more. Cause exactly, yeah, I know. Yeah. So the $1 million is uh, good for people that need forward help. Another trade, you know, St. Louis got Marco Scandello. Oh, yeah. This is a great thing to for, talk about if you're a Buffalo fan. For a second-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick, obviously, uh, the second-round pick is a 2020 pick, and the 2021 conditional pick, I think, rides on if you resign. And what did we get out of the Scandello trade? We got a we got for a leak. Well, yeah. We essentially got Furleek out of it. So I mean, what has Furleek done? Been scratched. He's been scratched, exactly. Yeah, not a good look for the No, but you have, to, you have to put this into perspective, though. The reason why the Canadians were able to make that trade was because of the Jay Bowmeister. 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 Sorry about that. My thoughts and prayers go out to the family. But because of that scenario, they need some more blue line help than depth. Yeah, so that's why they were able to make the trade on such. Yeah, but if Bonnerell would have done this and kept on the Scandella. And just wave Bogosian earlier in the year. Oh, Bogosian is another. Like that's a whole other topic. They should have waved him earlier. They could have kept Scandella and got this offer. Yeah, that's um, for the season topic. But even he's a big piece in the sense that, like, the Sabres have all this new cap space, and they should be making another move at the trade deadline. I mean, but we'll see. Well, I guess I mean, we'll see what happens. It's an interesting move for the Blues because if they want to re-sign Scandella, what does that leave them with uh, Pernangelo? Mm-hmm. I mean, they already traded for Falk. So exactly. is, he, is he out the door now? So you know a trade I would like to ask you guys about? Uh, uh, obviously, I'm a big Coyotes fan, and I was wondering, where do you guys think Taylor Hall will be ending up? So I could see Taylor Hall getting moved, possibly, but I, I just think he's going to stay in Arizona. I think they kind of need him to try to make that playoff push because the Pacific is just so close right now. Uh, there's only a few points separating who's the division champ and who's not even in the playoffs. So I'd say they need him to uh, make a push. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously... Uh, get a big package back for him at the deadline, but I think they're gonna. St- I think they're gonna keep him. I think it's hard to move, double move some guy per se. So I think he's gonna stay. Uh, I think Craig is gonna get moved. They're trying to talk extension of him, but I don't think it's gonna work. I think when you guys have like Colorado or Pit- or uh, the Bruins, who it's big teams that you know need, are making the playoffs like, and are making a deep run too. The Bruins have that top line, and then they have Krejci and uh, DeBrusque, and then. And then who else do they have? A bunch of bottom six guys. So I think they always, every year, add a top six forward. I think this year it could be Kreider. Or the Avs could. I think the Avs, you know, have a bunch of cap space. They'd be... A lot of injuries come with yeah. the Avs right Rantanen, now. Rantanen, Rantanen's out Caldry. for Yeah, no, they need some help there. I think that could be interesting. Another name, uh, Kovalchuk. Makes $700,000. I mean, that's just a... I think the Canadians should trade him. Could get a second-round pick plus a prospect. I think that's good. Yeah. He was doing good when they first got him. He's, he's kind of... He's solid. He's okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, Gorgiev uh, could be moved as a goalie, but other than that, I don't think any goalies are going to be moved. There could be a couple defensemen that still move, like maybe Dumba, but that's like an outside chance. So. Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see if any big moves are made. All right, so the next topic we're going to be discussing is the Sabres season outlook going forward. So, from where we are right now, we've already discussed the trade deadline. Let's talk about maybe the offseason and some moves we can make in the, go- in the seasons coming in the future. So, uh, things I can see happening. Um, we already talked about all the trades that we believe are going to happen. Now, fast forward to the draft. I see that's when a Ristolainen trade is more than likely going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not a deadline move. And I don't think Boschel, if he's our GM at that point... 
Um, I think it'd be a smart move for him to do then because that's more than likely when he'll have his most value. Um, going to the draft, we're more than likely going to have a top 10 pick. So if we're looking, we drafted 8th last year. 7th. 7th. And we, so, were, we were 5th. I believe we got knocked down two spots. So if you look around there, we're looking at uh, forward Anton Lundell and Marco Rossi. Marco Ross is having a great year. Yeah. He's, yeah, so, he's, I mean, he's not going to rise. He's not dropping. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we saw Cole Caulfield drop a lot last year. Oh, yeah. So maybe a Cole Perfetti could drop. Turcotte dropped. Cole, remember? Raymond, one of those guys. Raymond's yeah. going top. Raymond was originally projected to go top three. I mean, he's, I think we can all off. figure out that Lafreniere is going. Oh, Lafreniere. Lafreniere, Byfield. Yeah. But then that's when it kind of breaks off because apparently Rossi's been tearing up and so is Tim Stutzel and Holtz. And Raymond, who, like I said, was predicted so to go lot, third. There's is, a lot of talent in the forward group of this draft. No, no I'm, I'm actually very excited for this draft because I think most of the forwards you'll see drafted in the first round are going to be NHL-ready yeah. in the yeah. first couple so years. I think, I think the draft will be interesting. I think, you know... Just throwing the name out there, I say we end up with going with Holtz. That's why I see. I think Holtz would be a good move. I mean, now, I would love some draft lottery luck, but, you know, let's just that's not assume that. I say Holtz is our guy. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, as you're talking about Bristol-Lion possibly being moved, I just... As you were talking about, that, I wrote down some lines. I mean, obviously you have the REO line. Hopefully, I mean, they don't trade Sam Reinhardt. Mm, Sam Reinhardt would not be a very good trade in the offseason. I mean, if you really look at it, the left side of the forward group is really set. Olsen, Skinner, Johansson, and you probably have like a guy like Lazar to replace Gergensen's. Um, then your centers, I mean, you have your fourth-line center in Larson. You have your first-line center in Eichel. And the same thing if you're first-line right-winger in Reinhardt and your fourth-line right-winger in um Oposo, because you're not going to rid of that contract. I mean, yeah, contract, not, it's not going to sell anywhere. So what you're missing is you're missing, you know, four middle six forwards. You know? And if you look at it, you could move a guy like Rasmus Dolan to get a guy like, as I said before, Vinny Trocek. He could be your second-line center. On draft day, of course. We're talking draft day now. Yeah, we're in the offseason, any time of that. I think yeah. the third-line center one becomes interesting because I think... That one could be open to if Dylan Cousins is available. Oh, yeah. Mail stat. Oh, I think yeah. that's really, like, more prospect. They might leave that spot. It's the same thing with the third line or second. Or I guess, like, one of the other wing spots. I think that will be, like, Asplid, possibly, Tage Thompson. But I think, you know, they're out. They're at a number two center. They're at another top nine winger. Maybe Jesper Fast. Yeah. Of the Rangers. No, this is my favorite thing to talk about, and that is prospects coming into our team next season. Who do we think makes it? Anyone big? Or just the um, basic, we keep the team the same as I it is. I think if Cousins has a good camp, I think he might be the number three center. You really think so? I do. Now, I of course, we always we always say this with Dylan Cousins that we do not want another Casey Middlestat situation. But he's built different. He's big. I understand that he could do a pull up. I get that he's a completely different physical like player. But at the same time, development is development, Kiko, and you can't ruin that. But he also had a good camp this year. If he has another good camp, I don't think third line center with Johansson. You had a guy like Jesper Fast. Who Give is, him some decent who wingers. Is, who is, you know, a really good defensive winger. I mean, I think Cousins has a 200-foot game. Other than Milstad, I don't. I think Milstad's like... Milstad's been doing pretty good in uh, Rochester yeah, lately. Better, better. Yeah, he's shown improvement. He's. I don't think he's ready for NHL yet. I, I say think he, he starts, starts next year, yep. AHL, and then see how he does. I agree. I say same with Cousins. Put him in Rochester next year to start. I don't think he can, don't think he can be in Rochester. I don't think he's old He's enough. either junior or NHL. So I think that's why I don't think he needs another year. I don't junior. think another year of juniors would be right. So I think the NHL third line center. That they should own Casey Middlestead instead of putting Casey Middlestead as yeah. the second line center. Now, my favorite prospect to talk about, 6K. Where is he ending up? He's two years away. Two years away? I, look I, at, I think I definitely he's not making the show. I, I agree. I, but I want to know how many years away. I look at it this way. I think they should wave Hutton because that saves money. So you have Olmark. I think 
they signed Omar to a three-year deal. I think they they had to sign a backup to about a two-year deal, like a Halak or something. Like maybe a veteran a goalie. Bit, maybe a little bit uh, cheaper than Halak because Halak's having a really good year for the Bruins. But I think that two years of that backup gives you the time to put 6K in your lineup. And then, like, obviously we have all these defensive prospects. But if you look at it, if you move a guy like Rasmus to line in, you have a really good right side, Montour, Miller, Yoki. And then your left side's like, I think people don't realize how like suspect it is after Darlene. Like it's it's McCabe, it's Pilot. Yeah, they're they're decent guys, but no. they're not mm-hmm. they're not really like McCabe and Pilot. I think would be more of a third pairing. So then they, I think they need to add a top four left shot. Really? So I think they add a top four left shot, add a backup, add a number two center, and add a top nine winger. I think those are like the four uh, shopping list. I would per yeah. se, and you move Risto to get one of those. Okay, moving on to our next topic, we're going to switch leagues. We're going from the NHL to the NFL now. We'll be talking about the Bills' off-season blueprint, starting with our own personal free agents. Uh, any takes, anyone? Well, there are some guys I think would be worth bringing back. Uh, definitely Quentin Spain. He showed he could be a top guard for this team. He played, He made limited mistakes. Um, I think he showed he deserves an extension because he was basically on a one-year prove-it deal. See if he was really worth a a contract, um, I'd definitely say he's one that we need to bring back. I'm fifty fifty on him. I think I think it really, it's really how you interpret Cody Ford future. If you think he's a right tackle, I think you bring back Quentin Spain. If you think he's a guard, I think you I think you can let him go and get another tackle in free agency that could battle with Maseki for the right tackle spot. So I think I think really it's not up to him per se. It's like it matters what the Bills McBean think what Cody Ford is in the future and how to put him yeah. in the most successful situation. What do you guys think about Petre? Uh, I would say get him done before Jalen Ramsey gets an extension. Because mm-hmm. then once Jalen Ramsey goes up, Trey White's going to go up. So get that done right yeah, away. No. Yeah, five years, 80 mil. One of the best corners in the league. We cannot let that go. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... He deserves to get paid. Yeah, I think... Look at it, Milano. I think Milano, Poyer... Um, Dawkins and White all should get done this offseason. I don't think there's yeah. any reason why not to. You have the cap for it. Um, some other smaller free agents. Uh, I'd bring back Kroom. Battle for tight end spot. Waddle. He's depth at tackle. Obviously, he had an injury. Uh, I thought Phillips? Well, we'll get to Phillips in a minute. I think that's yeah. going to be a pretty big I was going to say, Phillips is, Larson. Phillips is Larson our bigger speed. ones, yeah. yeah. Um, Stanford and Marlowe, I think they're good special teamers, good depth guys. So I think they bring back those guys. I think... It, I would, I would say bring back Robert Foster to compete in camp. And then Frank Gore, I don't know. I'm Frank Gore's a little bit of a – he's a dangerous. You don't really want to bring him back if he's not going to do much. Yeah, and then it's kind of like opinion-based if you want. I think they could bring back Wallace. I don't. I think they should bring back Kevin Johnson, and then they should let Kirk Coleman go so Jaquan Johnson can improve yeah. and develop. All right. So now we'll talk about Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. This is the big ones. My personal thing on this is Shaq Lawson had – Six and a half sacks this year. That was a career high, but I mean, it's also for what just... contract he's going to be in line for, I don't think it's worth it. I say Shaq let, let Shaq walk. Would walk. I think they should shine him because I think he's the best one and on the team. He had the most tackles for loss, I believe, on the team. He had six and a half sacks, so he showed pass rushing ability. Um, I don't know. I think yeah, yeah, in a career. You think we have the cap space for that, right? Yeah, we have, we have a plenty. We have, we have like more than eighty. And we got to keep our defense so, lead. 
I'm th- I'm thinking for Shaft. I think they sign him to a four year, maybe thirty million dollars, seven seven and a half mil. I mean, if he takes that and you cut Trent Murphy, which I think would be the next move they sign Shaft. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's seven million saved right there. So technically, you're just if you keep Shaft, you just let Trent go, and you still have. Okay, and then Phillips' is contract. Phillips, I think he should be gone. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think um, saying he, I think he said the wrong thing, saying he's a top three D tackle. Dude had nine and a half sacks, but. He had, like, what, a five-sack game? Four of them came in one game, yeah. Yeah, f- four. And what game was that? Probably, against, probably, like, Miami or Denver or he something like that. two sacks against the Steelers. So, like, if you look at the other 14 games, he had three and a half sacks. Yeah. He's terrible against the run. So, you know, he was a nice one-year wonder, but he's priced himself out, in my opinion. Yeah, no. I'd say there's no doubt he had a good season for us. But he's a rotational player. Yeah. All of our defensive tackles are just rotations. We have Ed Oliver, Starla Tulele, Harrison Phillips is going to come back. Mm-hmm. So they're going to rotate. Very and you can't overpay a rotational player like Jordan Phillips. That's, exactly. that's like another thing, too. You have like the replacement at Oliver who's going to be a stud. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's going to be doing good things. Another take, though, that I thought was kind of interesting is people were thinking, like, you know, Jordan Phillips may be franchised. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. But they need to spend like $50 million to get to the cap floor. So they had to spend money. You know, it's about $15 million. That's high, but, like, one year 15 mil, like, I wouldn't be, like, I I don't want that, but I wouldn't be 100% against it if they said they do that. Or they could franchise him and then trade him for Mm, someone that might miss out on Chris Jones if he gets franchised and traded by the Chiefs. A lot of big moves, and they're pretty much all defense, but. Yeah, so I think that those could be the moves. All right. All right, let's move on to free agent signings outside of our own team. So I'd like to start off with talking about Yannick Ngakwe. Stud. I think he's a stud, too. I think he's be a very good fit, and I really think we should pursue him. Uh, he's had eight sacks his entire four-year career so far, 37 overall. I mean, he's, he's a Pro Bowl defensive end. He's a playmaker. He's exactly what the Bills need. But I don't think he'll be ever available for the Bills because I think the Jags are going to franchise him. The Jags are in cap problems, but they can cut Darius. They need to be. They need to be surgical with their cap issues. They could cut Darius. They have people that could cut. I think they're going to franchise him and get a long term extension. Best case scenario for the Bills to get Yannick is that they, the Jags would franchise him and then trade him, but that would cause other assets to have to be moved from the Bills. Mm-hmm. So, I love Yannick Ngakwe. I'm a big Yannick fan, but it's hard for if me. It's to too imagine, much. It's, it's hard for yeah. me to imagine him in a Bills uniform next year. Yeah, no. He would be good, but I see more of a cost effective. Uh, aspect and I see a veteran player like Mario Addison getting signed and replacing a Shaq Lawson. He's been consistently good. Like he's been under the radar a lot. Former Carolina Panther, so he has that connection to uh, McDermott and Bean. And uh, yeah, he's 32 years old. Maybe a two, three year deal uh, could be in the works. Um, I think he'd contribute right away and um, fit in that defense. Yeah. Uh, like no problem. Yeah, I believe he's had nine sacks the last couple of years too. So he's been a model of consistency. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the last sure. four years he's had at least nine sacks. Last year, every nine and a half. So he's a little bit of an older player, a little bit of a risk, but veteran player. Yeah. No. Been the system. Knows what Sean McDermott's about. Mm-hmm. They know. Seems they like they, a good they know veteran guy. Exactly. You know. So yeah. yeah, he's a he's a more uh, easier option, I'd say, than uh, Yannick. Um, yeah. But. Then you uh, look at other options uh, for wide receivers. Uh, oh yeah, Green. this is this is the fun one. I definitely about. don't think he's worth signing. I he's say no. Thirty two years old. He's a no for yeah, me. Yeah, he he was an elite receiver, but he's just too injured. He's gonna want so old, much money too. A lot of money. I don't think it's worth it. I think it's funny because I remember the Bills played the Bengals a couple years ago, and Stephon Gilmore was still on the team. 
and they said AJ Green is very doable. His entire career, he's played like 16 games. And I just remember on the first play, they threw like up a pass to him, and he like blew out his hamstring. Ever yep, since then, I remember that. Ever yep. since, ever right, since, right, then, they were commentating cool. about him. Yeah, and like, listen, he is an elite wide receiver. I'll give him that. The only thing is, and it's what Mick said, he's old, and I don't think he's that reliable. And I understand that we need to get Josh Allen weapons in this offseason. That's like that's one of our biggest offensive things. Our offense is very slow. But I think there's better people than A.J. Green. And if you really want to go for it, you could just pick up a wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more buy-low, sell-high candidates, per se. Like, Devin Functious, I think, is a good option. Big, I mean, a little slower, but I think he's a good option. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I was going to say Demarcus Robinson. He's a good player. I mean, Amari Cooper would be cool, but I don't Amari want, that, Cooper's I don't a want dream. that money. He's going to cost a lot of money. He's going to be expensive. Honestly, I think what people are underrating is that the Minnesota Vikings are currently negative cap space oh, right yep, now. And I, get, I know who you're going to bring up. And so I'm bringing him up, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. <laughs> four years. They uh, Okay, obviously he has more than four years, 45 mil, but if they trade him, that's what the uh, Bills would get of his contract. I mean, that's like 11. We have the cap space for mil. I mean, that's plenty of cap. Four years, young, elite wide receiver. A thousand yard receiver, big. I'm a big fan of his. I'd move a second round pick, and you know you have all these other fifth round, sixth round picks you traded for Russell Bodine and Y. Teller. Put those, yeah, up there. Yeah, I would say going back to um, the offensive line, depending on what you decide to do with Quentin Spain and where you put Cody Ford, why not try to bring in one of the top guards or tackles like a Brandon Sheriff or Jack Conklin? I agree with that. And let them, you know, let them see how they find the line. Yeah. yeah, let them you see. Know? I don't think offensive line is a huge problem. I'm just saying that it's the it's the production of the offense itself that I think is our problem. It's slow. It, there's nothing. It's not bad. Josh Allen is good and he's learning, mm-hmm. but yeah. he really needs more tools to work with. And I really think the wide receiver slot is something they got to focus on. I mean, yeah, I mean they can focus on the draft and Stephon Diggs, but they also need to focus on getting a backup running back for Frank Gore yeah. after Frank Gore. Excuse me. So true. Devontae Freeman might get cut. He's a good option. Yeah, we can talk uh, about that in the draft then. Yeah. All right, so the next topic we'll be talking about is the NFL Combine, who to love, who to hate, and who specifically to watch out for. Kiko? So um, I'm interested to see, obviously this is a loaded wide receiver class, a lot of depth, a lot of talent. So I'm interested to see what numbers they put up. Um, I'm a big fan of Penn State defensive end, Yurtur Gross Matos. Uh, he's athletic, has 6'5", long arms, very strong. I think he could be there at 22. I worry, though, that he's going to blow up the combine, though, and get drafted really high. Same thing mm-hmm. with Chase on from LSU. I think those are good defensive ends or edge rushers to look for. Also, matters what the Bills... Obviously, this happen, the draft happens after free agency, so we'll see what the Bills do. But Yeah, but we just got to figure out who's going to be there at 22. I so. don't think wide receiver is really the option at 22 because this draft is so loaded. I think you could wait in the middle rounds to draft a wide receiver. Uh, with that said... I'd have to disagree with that because I think we need a playmaking receiver. Big and body. If Yeah. And if there's really good receivers up top and they fall to 22, I think we had to take them. I mean, we haven't had really a top receiver since probably Eric Moltz. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I say bring in a T. Higgins. Exactly. If T. Higgins falls to us, we should take T. Higgins. He's young, 21 years old, six foot four, great catch radius, I saw make him plays. At the championship game, though. I- I was disappointed. Okay, the entire Clemson offense did no, not. No, but who does he have throwing the football to him? Yeah, that's true. He did have it's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, who's probably going to go first next you know, year. No, I just I'm not a big fan of T. Higgins. I think you know there's other options in the second round that are just as big as him. Michael Pittman from uh, USC. I mean, 
there's other options that are like a T. Higgins. I may not be as talented, but if you pick a defensive end or someone, is it, is it Ruggs? Henry Ruggs? Henry Ruggs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he's gonna. Round. But like, I mean, you could pick another impact defensive player that could help the defense, and then you still have impact offensive players available in the second, third round that they could pick. Yeah, no. I think it comes down to uh, pick twenty one right in front of us. The Eagles are now. I don't want to say they're exactly like us, but they're similar picking. Like they could be the guys that take T. Higgins in front of us. Yeah. So the the thing that makes this draft so interesting is that like, I don't know who we're picking up until pick twenty one is over. Until the Eagles finish their pick and then it's us. Yep. Which of course I completely see us having a first round pick. I don't see us trading that at all. No, I'd say we keep that pick. I want to keep that pick. I don't want to make any big trades. Trade back. I can see that happening. If we get back into the they first trade round, back more than ten spots though. Like maybe if a team like the Patriots, well, I wouldn't want to trade with the Patriots, but like the Packers, they're kind of yeah, no, they could. They can move you don't up. see us trading up, do you? I don't see us trading no, up for no, anyone. I don't think Jerry sure. Judy's worth trading up for. I mean, they have an elite receiver core, but I don't think any of them are worth trading up for. I would agree with that. Um, for some other picks, I would say in the mid to late rounds, you uh, draft a running back, mm-hmm. backup Singletary. I don't think it's worth a higher end pick, because. Everyone says, you know, running backs are a dime a dozen. I mean, that's why you usually don't want to pay a running back because you can just get a cheaper option mm-hmm. uh, deep in the draft. And that's a four-year contract for Singletary's backup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would be the smartest option for that. Yeah, no. And then, like I said, that comes down to the point of what we do in free agency, whether Frank Gore remains on the team or not, which personally, I like Frank Gore's running back. He's a big bruiser, kind of right through the middle guy. And I'd like to draft someone similar to him. But if we don't end up with him, after free agency, I, I would like drafting running back in the mid-rounds. Still, though, like Zach Moss from Utah, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hillard from LSU, and those guys are going to be available in the third to fifth round. Yeah. So you could pick and, you know, they'd be impact mm-hmm. players. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like Devin Singletary was a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, I mean, it would be interesting. I think the the Bills may draft a quarterback. I mean, they have a couple, fifth round. A couple extra fifth-round picks, I think, a couple extra six. I mean, they, Get it back up. they need someone to compete with Matt Barkley because he was pretty shitty. Matt Barkley did not. The Jets. Yeah, no, that was not a very good performance by him at all. Yeah, Which, of course, I'm not saying it was a needed win, and I'm not saying that, like, we're looking for him to put up these big numbers, but if you if you if if that happens to you against the Jets defense, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's just one of the things that are a little underrated is that I think one of the positions that they'll actually go after is a backup quarterback, which people might be surprised by. But And we don't know how valuable that is. Like, remember when Allen was, like, knocked out during the Patriots game and we put Barkley in and Barkley just... What did he do? He made like maybe one good pass, and then he couldn't put it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that we need a backup quarterback for for like games like that, but it would be nice to have Allen come out for something and be able to put in the backup quarterback. Yes. Okay, the next topic we'll be speaking about is the Wilder versus Fury match. So. So this Mike, fight should be a very good fight. I mean, I watched the last fight, and Wilder was able to knock down Fury a few times. And uh, Fury with his antics, uh, I think that won't last this time. I think Wilder's going to want revenge. Fury will too, but I think Wilder's just a stronger hitter. And uh, he is the champ right now. Um, 49 wins. I think he has 40 or 41 knockouts. This is insane. Uh, I think Wilder's just going to, you know, get Fury down. Um, I'd say it's a knockout, not going to a decision. And um, like I said before, it was a draw the first time. Very controversial draw. But I think this time Wilder gets it. You think it's going to be, like, decisive? Cause I would think it's going to be later in the fight Okay. if Wilder if they get tired. knocks him down. I saw the one hit where, like, the dude got absolutely rocked. And, like, he just he just got up. I mean, there's no doubt. Tyson Fury's a good fighter. Oh, but yeah. I think Deontay Wilder's just a better finisher. You think so? 
Kiko. It's a big thing right there. I mean, obviously it was controversial. I mean, Wilder allowed, could have finished off Fury, I think, allowed it to go to a decision, and he didn't get the decision he wanted to draw. So I think this time, you know, he's going to be at the end of the fight, because I think it'll be a good fight. I think at the end of the fight, he knocks him out. It's right. a big win. All right. Okay, and the final topic we'll be discussing is the Daytona 500. Well, we got to start by saying uh, I'm so glad to hear that Ryan Newman is awake and talking. He had a very scary crash on the final lap. Uh, it looked like Ryan Blaney just kind of bumped the back of his car, mm-hmm. and he took a hard right into the wall. And the scary part was when he was flipped, his car turned, and another car hit him on the driver's side. Mm-hmm. It was just a very was. scary it crash. Horrifying. It kind of reminds you of uh, what happened 19 years ago when uh, Dale Earnhardt sadly uh, passed away racing on the final lap. So um, it just goes to show you how dangerous the sport really is, uh, how much courage these guys truly have for racing. I mean, yeah, I know. They really yeah, they put their bodies on the line. I mean, this. over the past five years, the safety precautions of the cars has just gotten so much better because you got to think that if this had happened even five years ago, Ryan Newman might be uh, mm-hmm. not with us anymore. But it's great to hear. Um, got to respect the privacy of uh, his family. This is a time for him. Uh, he needs to recover. Uh, I hope for a speedy recovery, and I hope to see him yeah. uh, in a car again. But um, on a lighter note, Denny Hamlin was able to win back-to-back uh, three of the past five. Uh, good for him. Uh, Daytona is his track recently. And um, it was really good racing. Uh, there was a delay, so it was sent to Monday. But, um, you know, it was a very entertaining race throughout the entire thing. And um, Jimmy Johnson, his final Daytona, uh, didn't finish, sadly. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of upside in this race in general. I know, definitely one of the more interesting races in the past sure. history. Close so. finish. Very, uh, very Hamlin close, won yeah. by .014 seconds, though. Yeah, I know, and that just shows you that, like, it's more than just racing a car on a track. There's, like, so much work and thought that goes into it. And it was also, a uh, fun fact, the longest Daytona 500 ever. Really? nine laps. Wow. That's actually, that's actually very impressive. Hopefully it'll have a good impact next year. Yep. All right, and that is all the topics we would like to cover for today's episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you to all our listeners. And to listen to more of our podcasts, please follow us on Spotify. Any words, Mike? Uh, I think it was a great show today, guys. Uh, a lot of good topics, a lot of good opinions. Uh, hopefully you, the listeners, liked it. Uh, uh, to listen more, go to Porkchop Sports, Spotify, like uh, Mooch said over here. And I uh, hope to uh, get you guys to hear some more. Uh, hopefully we can make some more episodes here. Kiko? Uh, really enjoyed talking with the boys today. Um, you know, hopefully you uh, learned something about what we said and you know, talk to your friends like we did. So. Yeah, no, this is our first episode, so we're really excited to see where this can go. Yeah. So hopefully there's another episode.